Welcome to the Profitable Farmer Podcast, where it's all about increasing the profitability of your farm by working smarter, not harder. G'day guys and welcome once again to Profitable Farmer. Um, I hope the season and harvest and shearing and November is playing out really strongly for you wherever you are dialing in from from around Australia and overseas. Um, I want to reflect for a moment on my business coaching journey as we kick into this podcast. I distinctly remember back in 2007, I'd just done... um, a three-week course in America, um, a little bit better than a Kellogg's, back of the Kellogg's packet course on how to be a business coach. And I arrived back to Wagga and I think I might've been one of the first business coaches to arrive into regional Australia um, from my farm consulting background. And I set up my shingle and set up my little office upstairs above La, uh, La Paquetta's in Baylor Street in Wagga. And um I was sitting there distinctly one day going, right, now, how do I find my first client? And it just so happened that this bloke who I would regard now as one of my best mates um, happened to be the cleaner, the janitor who was cleaning the offices that I happened to rent. And it just so happened that this 28-year-old cleaner named Danny Russell had already read all the business coaching books that I was still to read, and he knew more about action coach, business coaching, and our CEO than I did. Anyway, this bloke swings into my office and says to me, g'day, I'm your first client. And I think I'd probably still be looking for my first client 12 years ago if Danny and Jill hadn't arrived into my life. And um, I'll be forever grateful for the 12 or 14 years of friendship that I've had with Danny since. But it gives me great pleasure to introduce to you my first client as a business coach and great friend, Danny Russell. Danny, welcome to Profitable Farmer. Hey, guys. I'm, uh, I'm glad to be here having a chat with you, mate. And, uh, yeah, hopefully I can add some value and, and uh, help someone out there. Mate, I've got no doubt, and I'm really looking forward, as I always do, to our conversation I've heard it said, and I think um, Napoleon Hill might have said this, that we are plus or minus, our wealth is plus or minus 10% of the five or six people we most surround ourselves in. And um, I'm pretty happy to be part of Danny's inner circle and him part of mine. If that's true, that quote, um, I feel like I'm in good company, mate. Cool. Hey, we, uh, we've got a great friendship where we add value to each other's lives. And, and more to that, mate, it's, it's awesome to see our, our wives and kids hook up and enjoy each other's company and, and do likewise for, for each other too. So, hey, it's good to be here. Good to see your face again. And, and um, you're not too far away. You're not, not around the corner anymore. But, um, yeah, I, I, I love swinging by when I can uh, to see you on the farm. Thank you, mate. So um, just to kick us off, I'm going to start in a really important place. Most of us grow up knowing our dad. And, um, you know, sometimes some of us, perhaps even on farms, might take our parents for granted, um, might be frustrated with them from time to time for being risk averse or for not going as fast or for doing it the old way or whatever. I just want you to reflect for a minute, guys, on what it would be like to grow up not knowing where you came from and not knowing your father or your mother. 
And so, Danny, my first question to you, mate, is what was it like growing up for, mate, I'm going to say probably 30-ish, 32, maybe 34 years of your life, not knowing where you came from and not knowing your father? Oh, mate, the emotions are starting to well up now. But, um, yeah, I uh, it was a tough it was a tough time, you know, every father's day come around and, and most people got to celebrate that day, um, with their dad. Um, and I, I never had a dad. I, I uh, knew that someone was out there, but, um, I was just, uh, left searching and I was a product of, um, uh, an overseas holiday that, um, that, Mum got pregnant and had me over there and lost contact with him. And, um, yeah, so for 30, 30 years, it was, uh, it was tough, mate. You look in the mirror and think, uh, what, why do I look like this? I look different, you know, and, um, you know, it, it was, yeah, it was, it was tough. You know, the, the dynamic of, of having a, a, um, you there, mate? Yeah, mate. I've just lost you on the video, but um, the dynamic of, of being in a single parent family was um, uh, looking at it now is probably the best thing that happened to me. Um, but at the time was tough, very tough. And um, it was, um, yeah, not easy um, uh, living. You know, it was um, scarcity. Um, we never had enough uh, resource, to, um, you know, money, um, opportunities were less. Um, yeah, all of that. My mum did an amazing job um, and gave us what I see now as, as the real important things in life. And she gave me plenty of love. Um, she caused me to believe in myself she uh taught me how to claw out of situations that we were in and you know the the things like uh believing in yourself um telling me that i can do anything i wanted to do as a kid i believe that so i just thought that was the case uh, um although there were limits on our life she she really encouraged uh, us kids to um, believe for more and um, go after more and, you know, we can create our own future. Um, courage and um, and fear were, were not a big part of, well, fear wasn't a big part of our life. Um, I was fairly fearless and, and, and that's served me well now. Um, courage, she, we had to really, uh, dig deep and have some courage to to get ahead in life and get anything in life so you know if we wanted it we had to really go after it and go hard so um yeah those it, it, those important things that money can't buy um have served me well um and it's the blessing out of a bad time or rough start um that i see now as as possibly the greatest um attributes of of my life now that I can hopefully pass on to my kids 
100%, Danny, and we'll share more of your story as we get into this. Um, when I first met Danny, he, he beat down my daughter, jump on board as my first client. I sat down with Danny and his wonderful wife, Jill, and we did our first planning meeting and sat down and said, righto, guys, three years from now, what's the goal? What have we got to achieve? And I remember Danny saying, well, we, there's one goal we need to do first before we think about three years. And um, I've been searching all my life for my father. I want to um, be able to get away from my business and take a three-month holiday so that I can go over to Europe and find him. And um, we then set about a plan to take Danny's probably eight or 10-year-old cleaning company or probably slightly older, Danny, and mm. get it structured and resourced such that he and Jill could walk away from it. And I think 11 months into my journey with you, mate, you did that trip, you went on that holiday and you dedicated so much of that holiday to searching Europe, Italy, Spain um, and beyond um, following leads to try and track down your father. Would you mind firstly sharing your your business coaching journey perhaps and how that year played out and and then let's touch on I guess what it meant to be able to walk away from your business and have that extended break. Yeah, well hey, like I said before, I was I was good at my trade. I was a good cleaner. Um, in fact I started cleaning uh, at about the age of 10 when um, my mum took on a few houses to help get us by. Um, back then, uh, she could get $10 an hour cash, and that was good money. And being the eldest, I had to go and help. So um, we did a couple of house cleans a week, and, yes, I learned how to clean, and that's where my skills come from. I moved over to Wagga from Leeton uh, and was a student in a tough spot again financially. So I went cleaning and that's how the cleaning business come about. Um, I knew how to clean and I was good at it. So we were able to turn an unfortunate situation uh, growing up into uh, an opportunity and um, 10 years in into it, um, I was still cleaning flat out, still um creating happy customers but the whole business side of things the skills that are required to to run a business I didn't have I wasn't trained in that area and I knew that I need to get better and that's why I searched out this business action coach um, content and I was told there was one coming to Wagga and as Jeremy said I was cleaning the facility that he worked in and uh, I almost knew the day that he was going to land and and um I just knew I needed him. I, I, had, I was so short in that area of, of uh, skills of running a business. I had the work there. I was no good at running staff. I was no good at paperwork. I was no good at all that stuff. I was just good at cleaning and great with people and I was able to satisfy their cleaning needs. But um, thank God that he sent Jeremy along and um, we set out to – uh, achieve a whole lot of things but what was important to me was to get over to Europe to look for my um, my dad that, that for 30 years I uh, 
I knew about, but hadn't found him or anything to do with had anything to do with him. So Jeremy, yeah, set out a really clear plan for us, and um, we had to commit to that. Uh, it wasn't easy, but um, we we were in. I was on the plane, uh, Sydney Airport, on the tarmac, and just about to take off. And the next stop was London, and I just could not believe that I was leaving my business behind, and I just wondered whether or not there'd be anything there when I come back. It was a three-month holiday, and we'd done all the work. I trusted in Jeremy, and I trusted in his program. I trusted that he knew what he was doing, and I was just going to follow. And um, uh, as it was, we had a great three months. Uh, didn't find my dad this time around, um, but the business continued to go well. Um, the staffs uh, had had roles to play. I was checking in on a weekly basis, basis, and all the things that Jeremy taught us, you know, that were important for me to know. Uh, we checked in and talked about those things. Uh, three months in Europe was too much for me. I uh, got to the two month mark and I was missing my coffee. I was missing my meat pies uh, and I wanted to be home. I love my work. I love my life. So I didn't really need the big escape, but we did it. And I come home and we had a business there in good health uh, when I got home, which uh, I still can't believe I did it, but I've done it again since. So um, because I was taught those skills and had the knowledge and, confidence that it worked the first time around and so we've done it again since then such a credit to you mate and i know that so many farmers listening even though it's a different vocation um they feel equally stuck you know um we learn how to be great farmers but nowhere do we necessarily learn those skills on what it takes to become the ceo of a company and um your story goes beyond cleaning, Danny. And um, before we get into your business journey, just just one question, two questions. One is, um, you've recently, in the last four or five years, actually found your father. And turns out he was in New Zealand. And what is amazing is that you've struck a friendship with him and now speak to him, I understand, almost weekly um, and that you're building a really strong relationship there. Would you mind just, just touching on um, how that came to be and, and how that is for you now? Um, and my next question after that, Danny, is going to be what would you say to someone who might be being a bit ungrateful toward mum and dad? But we'll come back to that one. Yeah, so... <sighs> Got back from Europe and um, was empty-handed, I suppose, and, and broken-hearted. I set out to try and find him, obviously, and knocked on a lot of doors. And, um, you know, I got a faith in God and, and that really helped me um, with the knocks and bumps that I copped over there with the rejection of, no, I'm not him. No, I don't know him. And it was in, in a a, a city the size of Canberra, they tell me. And I basically knocked on nearly every door and turned the place upside down and didn't find him. Uh, got back and um, found this guy on Facebook, <laughs> believe it or not. Uh, so we made contact and then I flew back over a couple of months later and did the DNA test. Well, that was negative and that was disheartening and 
he was the guy I was told that was my dad, um, only to find out that the late 70s were a really cool time in, uh, in, in the party life where people were, were partying well and there was another guy that was my dad and it wasn't the Spanish guy. Um, and so this guy, this Kiwi guy was come on the radar and um, I started following him up and he was he was trying to avoid the idea of it and deny it it's not him and um at first he was resisting as as you would he was in a, a strong position financially and had some cool business and property uh things on the go i suppose he saw me as a bit of a gold digger or uh, some sort of threat to not only his setup but his family life um, I wrote him a letter and told him of my position, which um, must have blown him away. Now I think about it, because it, it, it's also all too similar to what his position is. So the uh, similarities are unbelievable between him and I, and we do talk regularly um, because he's a property developer and has been in business for a long time, which is what I'm up to these days. You know, spend most of my time developing property and um uh, the business helps fund that um very much like his journey uh, has been so we've got a lot in common and we've become great mates thanks for reliving that danny how does it feel now to connect with him and to know more about where you did come from and 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 that history for you personally yeah, there's a still there's still a lot that we need to um, uh, talk about. It's great to meet his wife, and I've also got a, a brother and sister out there. Um, that's the extent of the family that I've met uh, at the moment. We all get along so well. They come over here for Christmas a couple of years ago, and um, yeah, hey, it's just like a fairy tale, really. You know, they make TV shows about this sort of stuff. And I used to watch those TV shows and, and they'd bring me undone all the time. But now I'm actually living it and just can't believe it. So I um, I love family anyway. And to have these guys in my life and to have so many similarities with my dad is is uh, really, really cool. Thank you, mate. So about two years into our friendship, I took Danny kicking and screaming to Sydney for one of our conferences and I got Danny to speak on stage in front of about 250 business owners from Sydney and surrounds and I called him Mr Gratitude because he's always been one of the most grateful blokes I've ever met and I got him to speak to that point um, in Sydney and Danny I remember you sharing the story about how you live in a two-story house with lots of bricks and you remember distinctly as a kid not knowing that you couldn't afford a brick. Would you mind just sharing that story just for what it's worth? Yeah. Hey, uh, as a young kid, I knew our position. I knew at the end of a pay fortnight, the pension fortnight, whatever mum had left in her wallet, we could spend. And sometimes that was up to a dollar. Sometimes, most times, uh, less than that. We got to spend that on lollies. So I knew our position wasn't strong. Um, but I was grateful for, for, for just that because it was a big deal. I was at a friend's house one day and I was sitting at his breakfast bar and his parents were in business and I just knew, I was staring at this like 
beautiful home and there was an internal brick wall. And um, I just knew, it just came upon me that I couldn't, our family couldn't even afford one brick in this whole house. And it was overwhelming, the thought of it, but it was the reality. And, um, yeah, it was it was a big thing to try and process, but I just knew that that wasn't my future. I was determined to change things. And, um, yeah, these days um, the amount of uh, bricks that, that I own, I suppose, uh, is, uh, well, I know this much. I know there's 55 bricks in a square metre. And uh, at one point I went around to the buildings that I do own and I started and I thought, oh, hang on a minute. This is double brick, this place. <laughs> hang on a minute. Oh, I'm not even going to bother. And I just feel so blessed, you know, um, that, hey, I ordered 10,000 bricks for a recent project one time and that just overwhelmed me. I'm like, oh, wow. 10,000 bricks and just to look at them I took photos of them and it it was just the reality so guys a small technical glitch between us but we'll keep the conversation going Danny on that thread of gratitude and really appreciating what you have what would you say to someone who might be in business with their parents who for whatever reason might not be um appreciating the fact that they've got them even as much as they might Hey, it's most people know how important it is to have your parents around and, you know, you don't really realise until you don't have them there, uh, I suppose, and most of us go through that or have been through that. So um, having found my dad, I somewhat feel complete. That hole in me that um, was searching for so long really... Yeah, he's really feeling complete. So I'm thankful every day that Father's Day I can contact him and um, he's only ever a phone call away, which is fantastic. Thank you, mate. Amazing story. And I'm just so proud that you've, that you've found him and that you now get to have that connection. I think it's wonderful. And thank you for being so open and for sharing that. Now, mate, let's get back to your business. I distinctly remember in our conversations that there was a moment where you stopped being a cleaner and you decided that you were an entrepreneur. And then I distinctly remember later in life, you there being a, a moment in time where you stopped being an entrepreneur and you just decided you were a property developer. And it was before you probably even had that first development property. But one thing I love about you, Danny, is that you just assume a new identity or a new mindset before it actually manifests or turns up in your life. Um, would you mind speaking to that, perhaps that transition from being the cleaner to being an entrepreneur and then perhaps that shift that then played out for you to decide, you know, I'm now a property developer? Um, because in my experience, they did happen for you before, um, you know, that actually played out in your life. Yeah, absolutely. Uh one of the things my mum used to to reinforce is that the only limits that are on our lives are the ones that are self-inflicted. And I grabbed hold of that and um, I thought, well, I won't put any limits on me. And, you know, there are people around that do try to put limits on you, but um, I've only got one shot at this life, so I'm going to give it a good crack and um, see what's achievable. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just out there having a good crack 
um, trying to shake off any limits that do try and come on me. Um, I am a long way from where I'd like to be, but um, definitely a long way from where I started, which um, which is exciting. The progress is really cool. The journey is exciting. And to share it now with my wife and kids and also have some significant landmarks around to um, identify as, as some of our projects is, um, is really rewarding. And that fuels that passion, fuels that fire uh, to to know that anything's possible and to know that uh, I can keep going and there's a lot more to do. And um, if I dare to believe, um, I could possibly achieve. And uh, it starts in, in your mind first. And um, so often my wife has to, to tell the kids that, hang on a minute, dad's only dreaming. Don't, this is not reality. <laughs> Dad is just dreaming, kids. This is not happening. It may happen. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit of a dreamer. And I just know that it costs nothing to dream. It costs me absolutely nothing. And that's what I, uh, I'm trying to teach my kids. Go there I, in your head. I think that's what I'm getting at here, Danny. And Do you think people are good at dreaming? You seem to be able to assume an identity and dream big and go after it without fear and with real courage. Um, do you think that in what you see of other business owners about that, that dreaming and being fearless um, is more of a challenge for them? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the fear of what other people might think is a massive one. I see it all the time. And uh, so many people allow other people to put, uh, restrictions on their own life and um, limits on their on what they can do. I think it's a real shame. Um, you know, these are, these people don't pay their bills. They don't determine your life or my life. Um, have a crack, and these people soon become uh, spectators. Sometimes they'll cheer you on. Sometimes they will uh, be jealous. Um, either way, they're spectating and and. Um, seen a cool thing unfold that you know surely uh, they must feel within themselves that oh i could have done that i had that last night you know someone told me that they should have done what i did um and they'll be their life would be a lot different off or maybe but um you gotta have the the courage to the courage to to do that and um not worry about what other people think and um to, to chase after your dreams it's quite courageous thanks mate so just to give a bit of danny's story and i'm probably not going to do it justice but danny did start out as a, a one-man cleaner and now has a significant cleaning company and i'm going to guess that there's probably 20 or 30 cleaners i don't even know anymore but a huge amount of wagga gets cleaned by his team and surrounding towns major contracts final cleans on construction sites and other things. It's a really significant company that, that must now be 20 years old. Um, that has helped Danny get into other businesses from kebab shops, Danny, in properties that you own to the, um, the cafe at the swimming pool in Wagga um, to a whole raft of other businesses and also into property development. And um, Danny has alluded to this, that there's quite a few um, 
underperforming assets in and around Wagga that some of the best business minds in Wagga have looked at and not been able to innovate around that Danny has swooped in and grabbed at a, at a I'm going to say at a discount, Danny, and then renovated impeccably and breathed new life into. And, you know, I think of the tourist hotel. Danny, I hope you don't mind me sharing this story. But a lot of people swung in there and because it had lost its gaming license, no one could work out how to make that pub work. And Danny came on in with Jill and they bought it and put a restaurant downstairs and put student accommodation upstairs and now have an incredibly successful asset with a huge waiting list offering student accommodation to, I think, over 30 students or something like that, Danny. It's just yeah. an example of the amazing ability Danny and Jill have to find underperforming assets, buildings, and transform them. Um, Danny, would you mind just adding to that story and, and even just reflecting on that journey from, from one-man band cleaner through to significant regional property developer? Yeah, so it's been a cool journey and uh, it's not over. We're just starting to get some momentum now. So we've got some great vision in the pipeline for, for more to come. But uh, Hutch, it was it was something you said to me back in in the day um, that if I can learn to do one business well, uh, who's to say I can't go and do a second and third? And that was almost like permission. You gave me permission to go and and do and, and do more. And I thought, yeah, why not? Uh, I, I might do this. So the, the business. Uh, activity has been important to make sure that I nurture, I keep my businesses healthy. They're not perfect. Um, we've got staff that let us down, that um, create issues. Largely, we've got a good core group of staff, but um, I have the same issues as anyone else in our business activity. We, what have we got? Three or four, four businesses net going now. So our accommodation business in total, we have 30 Oh, 31, 39 rooms of accommodations, our second business after our cleaning. And then we've got um, our the pool cafe. So that's our, our other business and our property development um, is, is what I spend most of my time on. Um, to say I structure my day, I don't really structure my day, but I like to make, make sure the businesses are off and running first thing in the morning I give attention to them and make sure that they're set up for the day and then I get into my day with property um, and most of our property has been down this northern end of Wagga so started off with the old number 96 wine bar uh, and put my own business in there a kebab shop and then went across to the tourist hotel and then from there went around the corner to Gurwood Street where paper pear and scooter flowers are um, and then our recent projects just down where the old, um, next door to the brewery, we've got a couple of thousand square metres of uh, old mechanics workshop um, that we're tidying up there called Cadell Place is the complex. So um, that's just finished stage one where we we're, we're started stage two. And um, there's some exciting things coming in for stage two. And uh, there's a three-stage plan to the first phase. And then there's a second phase. So there's a 
a good five to ten years worth of activity that I'm t- that'll tie me up down there um, on the property side of things. Danny, would you mind just sharing your vision for Cadell Place? I think it's pretty incredible for, for Wagga and the region. Yes, yeah, so being in business for over 20 years, I have a real heart for small business people. And um, I really feel that the way things are going, the bigger guys are pushing us out. And it's possibly happening in the farming world as well. Um, but I want to create a complex where we have a community of business, small business operators that can collaborate and complement each other and work together, share ideas, share products, share produce. Um, so it's a real community type focus, uh, non-franchisey, um, preferably. And um, yeah, it's just great to get alongside some of these small businesses, especially through a phase like COVID. I've been so impressed with them making changes and adapting and and surviving through that and coming out the other end. Um, So Cadell Place is is really cool in that uh, it's similar to the grounds of Alexandria, I suppose. Uh, That place has really inspired me. And Wagga needs a place similar to that. Lots of greenery and uh, lots of activity from all different individual operators. Danny, I can only imagine the the sort of startup entrepreneurs that are putting their hand up to participate in your market garden there and surrounds will value the mentoring that you sort of naturally provide them just so much. Hey, um, over the years, you've recruited so many people into your cleaning company. And I know one of the things that you're also passionate about is giving perhaps kids and others that come from tough starts um, and even broken families a start in career and even getting them started in entrepreneurship. What's your approach to leadership, Danny? You're one of the most incredible leaders I've met. Um, What's your approach to leadership? Um, And if we think about those people in your cleaning company, how is it that you turn up to them? I want to give them my best and uh, I don't want to put up with any excuses because most of the times I've been where they are, they might be in a hole or they might be in a situation that they may not have asked to be in, but it doesn't mean they have to stay there. So I encourage them and give them opportunity as much as I can to claw their way out of that with, um, with some opportunity with work and, and then we cross over often with accommodation. So we're putting a roof over their head um, and also giving them a job. And I do my best. I have an expectation that they'll meet me halfway and they'll do their best. And we don't always see great outcomes, but we have seen some really good um, outcomes where people have been able to grab hold of those opportunities and and really make the best for for themselves and that that's what makes it all the the worthwhile in in keep keep turning up keep looking for that one person who's going to uh who's going to grab hold of these opportunities appreciate them and make something of them you know start to buy their own house or get into their own business and yeah, we've been a part of all sorts of exciting journeys like that. And it's that, that is real success when you can empower someone else 
to get out of that hole, get out of that situation, and now progress uh, into places that they would never have dreamed of. So that's that's a big part of uh, what my wife and I do too is is trying to get around people that um, that want to have a go. So take other, we're, we're trying to take others on the journey with us. I love that, mate. There are so many farmers that I speak to that say, oh, you just can't get good people to come and work on our farm. And there's an element of truth in that, especially for the more remote. But out of 10 people that you would employ, how many of them are perfect, Danny? It's a hard one, mate. And, and our, our in-house discussion is that there's gold somewhere we're always digging for gold and um in the process of digging for gold you've got to sift through a lot of dirt not that um people are dirt uh, but the concept of having to go that's not gold that's not gold that's not gold you have to put up with a fair bit just keep going keep going you'll strike gold you'll never strike gold or you'll never find that person if you give up just keep going that right person's going to turn up and uh, that will be a great blessing and, and hopefully add the value that you're after uh, them to add to your, your operation. I think also sometimes when we recruit, we expect to find that gold straight up. And what I want to encourage people to do is that great teams are built. They're not bought. And, you know, I'd encourage you to find that five out of 10 person or that six out of 10 person. And like Danny and Jill have done time and time again, They've backed someone who isn't perfect and they've made them bloody good over time. And I just have so much respect for the amount of time that you've dedicated personally, Danny, helping people who've come from tough starts and you've really given them an amazing start. And I can only imagine how many young men and women there are in the Wagga region who owe that, owe, owe that the start that they've been given to you and Jill. It's a real credit to you. It's a joy. It really is. And uh, that's what keeps, keeps us show, uh, turning back up and doing what we're doing. Danny, on the other side of the ledger, because you cleaned a lot of businesses and premises around the region, the other thing that I think is a real strength of yours is, is tapping into wise men and women and mentors. And whether they want to mentor you or not, you kind of were so engaged in asking them questions about how they achieved their success that they all just seemed to fell, fall in love with you and you seem to have surrounded yourself in and a whole lot of senior members of the business community that want to want to see you succeed and, and kind of want to mentor you. Um, I hope I've been fair in that comment, but I, I think of a couple of people who are very well regarded in Wagga for their success in business that, that you have a strong connection with because you've sought that out. How have you gone about getting mentors around you um, along the way? That's been a massive part of helping us get ahead. Uh, these people think differently, they operate differently, and I've... Um, intentionally drawn the gold out of them and I suppose I've been a little bit bold about um, can we have a coffee can we go for lunch um, but these sorts of people are much further down the track from me they have things that information and mindsets that I need um, and 
more often than not, they're, they're willing to share that information to someone who's seeking them out. Um, so if you can get over yourself and the idea that these people are intimidating and this and that, um, most of the time they're looking to invest into an asset. Now that asset might be a building, stocks, shares, whatever, or it could be a person. And if you can present as a, uh, as a potential uh, asset that they can see a return on, not always benefit from, but they're more often generous to share information that opens up a whole new world uh, once you receive that information and once you um, have that door unlocked, you go, wow. And, and that you're right, the, the people um, like mentors that I've been cleaning their properties or, or whatever that I've drawn, been able to draw the gold out of um, have really been a massive help on my journey. The way you frame that, I find fascinating, Danny, that you don't sit back waiting for them to, to give you what they have, that you go to them and draw it out of them. And so for those, perhaps the younger generation and even, even I mean, all of us listening, um, if just check in with who do you have around you as mentors? Um, and if you're feeling like you're going about this business journey on your own without perhaps the right people around you, do what Danny did and just seek them out. Go and track them down and shout them coffee and then insist on lunch. And when Danny went about this with such intent um, that people just fell in love with him and wanted to help him. And so I want to encourage all of you to go and find mentors and, and inspire them to mentor you. It's a great way to go about getting the right people around you so you can give yourself a better chance of, of better decisions. Thanks, Danny. Cool, mate. So, mate, what are, what are two or three of the biggest lessons that, you know, you would reflect back on over your business journey and, and more recently your property development journey? Great question. Um, the, the amount of times that, uh, I've had opportunity to give up um, and just say this is all too hard. Uh, comes around probably every day. <laughs> huh. <laughs> uh, really, it it uh, you know particularly as I think about farmers, they would have so many reasons to give up when they've tried so hard and things are um, not working. It's sometimes are in within your control. Sometimes they're not um, not giving up. You only lose uh, the battle when you give up. And there's a mantra that, that we have is it's, it's very hard to beat somebody that never gives up. And um, I am so aware of that. And um, so I, I don't give up. I'll see things through. Um, I play the long game. The short game is, is always going to create problems. But if you have a... a a mindset that I'm in this for the long term. Uh, part of my faith journey is that that is part of my mindset. We think we're taught to think generationally, investing into my children's children. Um, so I'm doing this for more than just me. 
Um, and it's a generational type of um, thing that I'm a part of now that someone will be thankful for uh, one day. Um, the, uh, the mentors are really a big thing. They can unlock great things in your life and you do have to seek them out. Just like when you're seeking out gold, you got to be searching for it. It's not always just sitting on the surface there saying, here, here I am. You got to dig for the gold. Um, so the mentors have been massive. My faith in God and, um, and uh, my commitment to church and the Bible, that's kept me strong. And, and um, there's seasons of life that, that come and seem like they're going to last forever. But um, when you're playing the long game, when you've got good people around you, when you don't give up and you have a God that, uh, in my case, has never let me down, um, I, I can draw a lot of strength from that. So, yeah, success is not just one or two major things. I, I, I look at it as doing all the one percenters right. And if I can get the, um, the one percenters right, then um, the majors should just fall into place, I feel. Danny, I completely respect and appreciate that your faith is a huge part of, of your life, and I know you attribute most of your success to that. Um, one of the things that I love about your mindset, and I think this comes from your faith, is, and I might paraphrase if I could, that, that God doesn't give you your next opportunity until you make the most of the one that you have. Um, I remember you saying that, um, you know, the next project won't turn up until I utilize every square inch of the project that I'm focusing on now. God won't give me the next one. I just think that's such a wonderful way for us to think as farmers, whether it's through faith or not, but the next opportunity won't land in your lap until you've proven that you can optimize the one that you have. Would you mind just speaking to that? Because I just think it's a wonderful thought process for our farmers to go through. Absolutely. And that is it's a Bible verse and I'd like to be able to tell you exactly where it is, but it, it's along the lines of um, being trusted with what God has given me and then he'll give me more. So I've got a property, a thousand square meters and I need to maximize every part of that property before I feel that God, well, I, I know that God is ready to give me another one. Um, I can get halfway through it and see this other opportunity, but I'm not completing the instructions that that I, I'm given in in maximising the most of what I've got, being diligent, being faithful, and being trusted with what I've got, and then I I'll, I'll see the next one come along. Um, so I've always worked like that, maximise the space in this project, and then you know the I'll be ready for another one. Danny, and link to that. Um... I always, your mindset towards the challenges that turn up for you, I think are absolutely wonderful in that I've also heard you say that when you are big enough and resilient enough to deal with the challenge that's in front of you, you know, God just gives you a bigger challenge and it's all part of the growth journey. Would you mind speaking to that one as well? The challenges, as you take on more, they become greater. Um, different sort of challenge. The whole the principle of it is that it's still a challenge, and when you can overcome 
um, different challenges. It gives you the confidence to take on more challenges. And it's just sometimes a different variety. And, and uh, as you take on more, sometimes the challenges can last longer. What you might have overcome in a week, this time takes six months, 12 months, projects. Uh, the, this most recent project I've been on for five years and I've only just seen it come stage one come to life. So uh, playing the long game and that mindset helps, um, but it's just another challenge that I know I'll overcome. Thank you, mate. As always, I could hang out with you and talk with you forever. Um, I know there's so much of your story that we haven't touched on, Danny, three wonderful young kids. Um, I know that you gave away an elite rugby league career. I think you were captain of the junior rugby league team for Australia and you gave that up to go to Bible college and get into business, age 18 or thereabouts. There's so much to your life that we haven't touched on. Um, two questions to finish. Um, what's the best piece of advice you've ever had? I think if I can be small in my own eyes and just realise that I'm just a normal person doing some cool things, um, don't get ahead of myself. Don't believe what you see on the TV or radio or newspapers. Just stay small in my own eyes and um, be diligent. The other thing is be diligent and faithful with the small things. Um, I can't stress that enough. Uh, that's been a really key thing for me, phone calls, emails, um, that small job that I go and do so often leads to greater opportunities. So being small, uh, faithful and diligent uh, with the small things is, is really important. Thank you, mate. And one last question. What would you say to a younger you? If you had to give, if you could give a 20-year-old you advice, what would it be? Another great question, mate. 20-year-old me. A 20-year-old me. Uh, now I, uh, I'm a bit stumped for that one. It's, um, oh, it, it, it's just been such a cool journey. I, I'm in amazement, mate, and um, every day I show up and there's something cool happening and I do my best and there's some, some good outcomes. Um very good question. <laughs> what I have to get back to you. <laughs> uh, big mate, I'm for you, um, and you can tell me your answer. I don't think I've ever stumped you with a question. I'm pretty yeah. happy with that. <laughs> yeah, you got me, mate. A 20 year old me. So, um, Danny, I just want to acknowledge your leadership, your courage, your fearlessness, um, your desire to help and serve others, and from a standing start and from, I'm going to say, humble beginnings, what you and Jill have created, you know, the beautiful home you live in, the amazing kids that you have, the way you enrol your dad now and his family and your mum and your family, um, the contribution you make to your church and that community, the impact you're having on young people in Wagga. Um, I could go on, but you're a superstar and... Um, you are one of my greatest mates and it's just been wonderful to hang out with you. So thank you for your time. Cheers, mate. I uh, hope I've added some value and, um, yeah, all the best to everybody out there and keep going. And uh, I'm glad that you Aggies are having a good season this year. It's about time 
uh, you guys are having a good run, and I hope it continues uh, for as long as as long as you need. You're a Cheers, good- Hutch. Your time. Speak soon, buddy. Thanks, mate. Bye for now.